Welcome to the Double Shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. I'm recording from sunny Queensland, beautiful and warm today. You're down in Melbourne where I had the good fortune of being last week. Jeez, it was cold down there, really in the middle of winter at the moment. How are you going? You looked snug as a bug in a rug in one of your many jackets that you wore last week. You just couldn't get it right, could you? You just didn't know how much, how, how many thick. layers, how much thickness you needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, just go so for all I, of I got it. off the plane and I, I reckon I had a, a, slight, a <laughs> slightly too thin jacket. Slight. Uh, slightly too thin and maybe even it one was layer. Definitely. Missing. I, I went for a run on uh, one of those mornings there and it like, oh, feels like days. one degrees. It was tough to get out the front door. Did you stay? Did you say, I can't feel my legs? No, I had to put a beanie on. I, w- I wish I had my gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Just wasn't expecting it. it uh, no way. No way. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it was lovely. Lovely for a change, but good to get out of there, to be honest. Oh, oh, it cuts deep. It cuts deep. But yeah. I tell you what, when you've got a nice, a nice leather jacket as you wore, but you did say it wasn't yours. No. I say that's a, that's a sign of wealth, that one. <laughs> 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 Well, what I did enjoy is I uh, had dinner with you and Dean and um, it was <laughs> nice to be treated to a smorgasbord of Sky News um, propaganda. Uh, we, we, what do we have? That looks we have Peter so Credlin into uh, Chris Kenny, uh, Pauline Hanson even got a gig. You just knew exactly where you were standing uh, watching TV in your living room. <laughs> I'm a little bit embarrassed because that's actually very unusual. I'm, I'm actually oh, soon as, turn it up. That, that's that's pretty unusual. I'd say like once a week because we love a good TV show. But we did. Yeah. You and I sat down. We watched a little bit of Paul Murray and um, <laughs> oh, and, and and to be fair, you and I laughed about Pauline Hanson and uh, how she's been around for oh, bloody man. feels like centuries, but decades, and um, made a political career for herself. But. Uh, Geez, I tell you what, Paul Murray though, I will say, he does get a gig every now and then on, on this podcast and he did, I think I was telling you, he, he did a segment on like perceptions of wealth and um, hence me joking about your leather jacket. But yeah. sort of he he's done a segue, he's talked about the latest federal budget, doesn't really address inflation and then he's gone on to talk about, you know, what what do we see um, other people doing or our neighbours, as he said, and we perceive them as wealthy because of it. And there's like a couple of things that like Aussies generally said that's actually a classic. So I'm going to ask you a couple of these questions. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you fly exclusively with Qantas? No. <laughs> Do you? Do you? Hell, never. I never fly with Qantas because they're too expensive. But if someone flies exclusively with Qantas, I'm thinking, why? <laughs> like, why are you just why are you barbecuing cash? Yep. What's going on? Or usually they work for a public company because um, they've probably government. got big big deals. Yeah, they do like those big deals. To be mm. to be fair, um, do you shop at Maya or DJs? Or my my a bit of both, but Maya more more commonly Maya. Yeah. What does yeah, that same? mean? Well, they just—that's a perception of wealth. If you if you shop there, it doesn't mean you're wealthy, of course. But it's just this okay. funny perception. All right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. Do you own a fridge with an ice dispenser? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ding 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 ding! Who's wealthy? <laughs> no, that was like they joked about when you're a kid and you went over to your friend's house at school and they had an ice dispenser and you're like, oh, whoa! <laughs> I don't, I don't have one, but I just don't, I don't particularly like those fridges. Um, Dishwasher with a cutlery tray. I don't. I've got like a my cutlery 
in the dishwasher sits in the bottom uh, tray. Yeah, yeah, the classic, yeah, the classic, like, the, like, the um, vintage version. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a tray. Do you? Uh, yes, I do. I do have a tray. Okay. All right. This is a good and, trade-off between and the, the tray. Two the tray is the sign of wealth. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes, that's yes, right. Yes. Okay. All right. It's yeah. like a. I think it's because it's a new age dishwasher, so you've got a new dishwasher. I don't know. Yeah. Um, buy this one was an interesting one, and I do kind of agree with it. They said buying a theme park lunch <laughs> so instead of taking your own, you buy, and they are astronomically expensive. But uh, I liken this to. Either buying your lollies at the movies or taking lollies to the movies. Yeah. Which, which one do you do? I so I actually take lollies to the movies. So yeah, I'm, same. I'm, I'm one of those. But same. I also see I also see some people pack their lunch and take it to the footy. So yeah. you know they yes. go to the Gabba or the MCG with a packed lunch, yes. which um, yeah. which also is something I don't do. <laughs> That's you don't do it. You just like the. The essence of buying your pie at the footy, even if it's fifteen dollars. I mean, in fairness, um, it's normally like young families, which if if you have to buy a yeah. six buck pie for for, for a whole family, for a whole yeah. family, I, I, yeah. I can get that. Yeah, hundred percent. And then the last couple, um, you live in a two story house with an in ground pool and an electric gate. <laughs> like, yeah, that that electric feels like gate, most electric gate definitely. Yeah, yeah, that, that feels was like one most families. Up. Yeah, yep. electric gate. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> had like, a couple oh. of mates who had an electric gate and it was like, oh, wealthy. <laughs> rich. That's so, she's rich. He's rich. Yeah. Um, and then and then I do I do relatively agree with this, um, knowing how to ski or, or going on overseas holidays. Yeah. For sure. Like that that is that is an expensive exercise with the family. And yeah. um I would I'll, agree. I'll, that I'll that give you another one that wealth. gets a bit of airtime around the office Go here. On. A lot yeah. of people big on their salads with, or wraps with um, tuna, and if you're <laughs> if you're pulling out a bit a, a can of Serena tuna, oh, you are rolling it in. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. They're like five bucks a can. I don't know if yeah for the big ones yeah that would be that mm. would be but they're 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 at least a fifty percent premium on 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 your st- stock standard tuna. I I Something look like there's you, many you John West you John West yeah. sort of more entry price variety. John West often on special, but your Coles and Woolies branded ones are just as good nowadays, and and with just as good flavors, just as good flavors. <laughs> any any, any others before we move on? Any others that you've got? Oh, well, when I was in school, there was kids who had a, a set of new runners like every year. So every year they had a new new pair of runners, like crash, you know, crash hot. Runners, um, brand new, and you just thought, wow, you know, like they got a new set of runners again. And it's when you, you know, see like, the kids in the uh, in the ASICs <laughs> when you're rocking the New Balance. That's when you know that there's there's, <laughs> there's yeah, a bit yeah. of a and those kids going are going, on. oh, how the tables have turned. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, they've got they've so got good. gel in the bottom of their um their their shoes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, to, to round out that segment too, and I, I just thought it was really funny, but um, apparently the average Aussie reckons they need $336,000 to feel wealthy. And obviously those other low sign, low key signs of wealth aren't necessarily signs of wealth, but classic Aussie stuff right there. All right, Kazi, besides harping on about uh, other perceptions of wealth, <laughs> let's get into, let's get into it. A... A real topic of conversation of late is, I guess, the relationship between rate rises or um, inflation, yeah. if you like, um, and property prices. You know, are we going to get to a point? Whoop! Got a text. Sorry, did that come through? <laughs> did You're you hear up. that? Yeah, it's all good. I got you a text. Keep going. Um, 
popular. Um, yeah, if we get to this point of rates rising so much, will it actually cause property prices to fall? And I know your blog released weekly. You must like you must dedicate a whole Saturday morning to these things. I, I swear, you've eloquently done the research. You've eloquently put it together. It's concise, and I would love you to share it with with the people. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. First of all, with, with a little four month old, definitely not on the Saturday morning anymore. <laughs> but. Uh, I probably dedicate an hour or two once a week, uh, and, and I it, it was front of mind because I I think I'm I'm I don't know about you, but I'm reading everywhere mm. that I think there's this presumed or, or assumed relationship between rates and and prices to the effect that if rates are going up, property prices must fall. That that's the the presumption, and it, yeah. it, it actually does make sense. It does. But I guess I, I wanted to uh, look at the data and say, well. What has actually happened? When interest rates have been high in the past, for mm-hmm. you know, normally they are high for a year or, or sometimes even two years. Mm. Um, you know, in any given year, what I looked at is what the average rate was for that one year period, okay. and then I looked at what interest rates had done. Uh, sorry, what what sorry, property prices had done in in that that interest rate environment. So, uh, over the past twenty five years, I looked at uh, the Reserve Bank typically wants somewhere between two and three percent. For the interest rate, so I looked at well, how many years has the Reserve Bank rate been above three percent, which is what we would consider to be a high interest rate environment? It has been above three percent on fifteen occasions. Uh, for those fifteen occasions, I then wanted to know well, what have property prices done? And of the fifteen years, they fell in value twice. So for two of the fifteen years, they did fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, albeit only by one and three percent, so they were oh. they were fairly minor. Uh, I then looked at well, for how many of those years? So obviously that means that for thirteen of the fifteen years, prices increased when rates were high. But how much did they they increase by? So um, on two occasions they increased by less than five percent, so it was marginal. Uh, on four occasions, increased by more more than five percent, but less than ten, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, almost half of the occasions, so what is it, seven out of 15, increased by more than 15%. So it actually it actually is, is probably not that likely that rates being high causes property prices to go down if, if you're looking at history. If, if you're looking at history. Jeez, how did, you, how did you go and find all that? Did you have to get the, the average rate from the RBA or the, the Australian Bureau of Statistics or something? How did you do that? Yeah, so well, the Reserve Bank uh, have all this data online. Mm. So you just go online, and you they have every month for the year, uh, all the way back to 1991, and you just yeah, average it out. <laughs> a little half an hour over a cup of coffee on Thursday morning. Uh, I and, bet and, you. And by the way, for the other ten years, for those who might be wondering, for oh, the sorry, other ten on. years, uh, we saw the property prices fall twice by six and seven percent, respectively. So. You know that that could even prove that you're more likely to see property prices go down in a in a low interest rate environment. Um, they increased by less than five percent on four of of the ten years, and then uh, rounding out the the what's left over four years, uh, increased by between five and ten percent on two occasions um, uh, to to round it out. So, uh, oh, and then more than ten percent on two occasions. Point being is to me you're more likely to see property prices go down than um, 
in a in a uh, low interest rate environment mm-hmm. than a high interest rate environment, statistically speaking. Holy days! You would have you would have blown a lot of minds there. You would have blown a lot of minds. And I think if uh, if anyone was listening to that and they want to see the numbers on paper, flick us an email. We'll, we'll sign you up to James' blog, Bulletproof Investing, because he he did send this out and it's in in beautifully written dot points. Um, and it's very easy to get your head around. But I think a lot of people would find that shocking, cuz. Um, and now we're in a high interest rate environment, uh, as we talk about a lot with a high migration environment as well, high inflation. These all these all rhyme. Um, bit of wage growth. Uh, so it's it's it is perplexing to say in high interest rate environment, property prices will go up. Um, and then in low interest rate environment, they they may statistically actually go down although this is not what we saw over the last couple of years. Well, and so, I didn't put this in the blog, but I, but I was thinking about it over the weekend. It, it kind of does make sense if you think about it because typically we put interest rates up when we've got a, a really tight employment market, so when mm. everyone's got a job. So yep. if everyone's got a job, you, you're probably not going to see a lot of defaults and, and a lot of people selling, whereas interest rates are typically low when we've got a, a higher unemployment rate. So it kind of does make sense. I think, I think the takeaway is there's no relationship between interest rates and, and property prices. So if you're umming and ahhing on whether you want to buy or, or you know, or, or, or add to your portfolio or, or upgrade your home, I just think you've got to make the decision based off other factors, like whether you can afford it, you know, yeah. principally and, and primarily, not whether you think prices will do uh, something, you know, because the interest rates are where they are because it's just uh, it's emotion getting in the way of, of actual logic. And because I guessed somewhat related to that, some I thought relatively interesting data that CoreLogic dropped, uh, I don't know, this week, maybe maybe back end of last week, they, they looked at the portion of listings right now, so properties that are brought to the market, listed to the market, um, and whether or not they are inferred investment, so rental properties or owner-occupier properties. And what, what this data suggests and when I say suggests, it's inferred because they basically figure out if a property is an investor relate an investor listed property based on its rental history. Right. If it's got rental history, they say it's an investment property. If it doesn't, they assume it's an owner occupied property. Right. Makes makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. But but you know, RP data is not always exactly right, but it's it's pretty damn close. Yeah. Now, over the last 10 years, I should start by saying um, new listings added to the market right now are 20% below the previous decade. So bluntly put, yes, okay, we're going into to winter, but listings are so low. And if anyone's looking right now to buy in the market as an investor, an established property or an, or an owner-occupier, you may notice there is very little stock on the market. I'm certainly not an active buyer right now, but in Melbourne, there's stuff all on the market. And if you look suburb specific, you'll be lucky to see five to 10 listings in that suburb. So I can see that they're very low. Now, what CoreLogic have done is they've looked at the current portions of of listed properties uh, as inferred investment properties. And what's interesting is on average, it's about 2% higher than it has been in the last decade. So, for example, the last 10 years, the average investor listing is about 25%. So 25% of the listed market 
listed properties on the market are investors. So a quarter of quarter of the properties. Um, today they're sitting at about thirty percent, but mm-hmm. of course it varies a lot. Um, mm-hmm. through all those capital cities. Mm-hmm. Um, Sydney is certainly the highest. And so what it sort of in, infers, which I think is quite interesting, is that investors are selling t- today. Um, we don't know why. RP data don't know exactly why. Anecdotally, you could say it's a perception of a high rate environment um, or they are, have got significant capital growth and they're leveraging off that. They may be feeling like it's their last chance to sell you know, before what we talked about before, before rates, rates, yeah. you know, uh, abolish this high, high um, capital growth market. So they're maximizing it or they're selling their investment properties to perhaps pay down their owner occupied debt, you know, just sort of safeguard themselves in, into their own high interest rate environment. But mm. very, very interesting. And just what I took away from this was the main thing I took away from this was that. RP Data saw these investor-listed properties selling to owner-occupiers. Mm, makes sense. Mm. So you've got a higher higher number of investor-listed properties selling to owner-occupiers, therefore taking rental properties yep. off the market. Yeah. Oh my God! As if as if the rental market couldn't get any worse. Yeah. So well, not way- only. Mm. Well, and the, Go way, on. the way the way that I read it is, um, let's say you, you use Sydney for example, because Sydney, right, was the starkest example, yeah. I think. Which makes um, sense. It which, makes which, sense. Which makes sense. Most expensive market in Australia. Um, so, so what they're saying is, you know, if there's normally a hundred properties that are available in any given suburb in Sydney, there's now only eighty, right? And if if there was a hundred properties available, seventy-five, I think they they were saying seventy, roughly seventy-five would be owner-occupiers and yes. 25 would be investors. Correct. Whereas today there's only 75 property, uh, 80 properties sorry, available total, right? And of that, roughly a third is, is investors. So it tells me that there's a similar amount of investor properties for sale as there has been for the last 10 years, but there's nowhere near as many owner-occupiers. And so as a result, there's, there is probably a lot more demand for owner-occupiers well, there's probably a similar level of demand and, and, and supply from in, investors uh, in, in that Sydney market. So it's it's sort of saying to me that normally you'd have 75 owner-occupier properties available for sale. You've got something like 55 today. So there's just no one selling um, because they don't exactly. have to. They've got a job to the earlier segment point, you know, that point on interest rates. If you've got a job today... You're bunkering down, you're saving money, and you're just getting through, aren't you? If yep. you're an owner occupier, because you know that you number one, you don't want to sell. Number two, what are you going to replace it with? What are you going to buy? Yeah, and number three, to, number yeah. three, you're probably not able to borrow the amount that you were borrowing exactly. 24 months ago when you bought anyway. Exactly, exactly. And you know, you talk to your mates around town, and they're all saying the same thing. You know, it's like, well, you know, maybe they do have the borrowing capacity, maybe they are earning more, but what the hell am I going to buy? <laughs> Um, I can sell my house in 30 days, but I can't bloody buy anything. And interesting, the one that did, again, jump out to me is Adelaide. Adelaide was the, like, almost unchanged um, between the 10-year yeah. average and, and today. So mm. uh, clearly that would have to be a big reason why we're seeing Adelaide the, the best-performing market in, in Australia over the last 12 months uh, because it, it is it has got a drop in listings, but you're also just not seeing a, a lot of difference in, in the investor proportions either. 
Absolutely. And what will be most interesting, Kaz, is come summertime, springtime, when we have our big our big spring auctions and everything goes a little crazy, if, if that changes, if this changes, because we'll probably still be in a very similar interest rate environment, mm. although in our, in our spring essence. So that will be very interesting to see sort of like buyer's mentality and if it will change amongst the same interest rate environment. Mind you, what's that? Four or five months. So it's, you know, not that far away. Depending on when you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, so uh, favourite segment. That's how we're going to round out this pod, guys. Over to uh, producer Jordan to play the stinger. Help. Snap. Snap. Fact. The snap man. Snap fact. Just absolutely catchy, I tell you what. I wake up singing the snap facts song. <laughs> okay, we've got a slightly delayed snap fact, but extremely relevant. About 75,000... <laughs> 900 people found work in May. So were employed in May, and that is according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So it's very reputable data, as you would say. Or reputable. Mm. (laughs) Yes, very funny. So that puts our jobless rate, our unemployment rate, down to 3.6%. It was 3.7 in April. Um, And the number of employed people in Australia today hit 14 million for the very first time. Lovely number. But, Cuz, you, per usual, love to take the data that little bit further and you wanted to compare pre-COVID numbers. Hit us with it. Correct. So 3.6% and 14 million people today Mm. compares with, uh, at the end of 2019, before the pandemic, 5.2% and 12.9% million people. So an extra 1.1 million people found a job in Australia since COVID, which for context, the population hardly grew because borders were shut. So that is an an extraordinary amount of people. And to be at 3.6%, pretty much if if you want a job today in Australia, you've got one. And that leaves me the question, right? If it's so easy to get a job, why are people still parking inspectors? Answer me that. (laughs) Matt, that might be a very high commission job. It might be a high earning job if you get a, Dude, a, a percentage of the cut. It could be, but tell me that you haven't wondered why people would subject themselves to writing people infringement. I don't, I don't know why it bothers you. I don't know why it bothers you. You seem to find a way out of your parking tickets. Not sure who you know. And in fact, I do know who you know. He goes by the. He calls himself the janitor down in Melbourne. There. Not sure if he listens or not, but the janitor has got you out of a fair few parking fines in and around that sort of Hawthorne Camberwell area. That's a very specific council that unfortunately <laughs> I don't frequent enough to get out of tickets. But isn't it funny, the bloke getting me out of those parking tickets has a nickname, the janitor. Like he's cleaning up. It's a clean-up job. <laughs> by the way, anyway, isn't that like, just like a for a person token. who comes from Brisbane, by the way, this, this is probably just a, a bit of a way to close out with some light chit-chat. Um, <laughs> what I did notice when, when I was down in Melbourne the other week, I'm from mm. Brisbane, right? Brisbane's the biggest council in the Southern Hemisphere mm. by by amount of residents and constituents. And as a result, every suburb's like identical, right? Because the same council have the same maintenance, the same, you know, yeah. um, same same sort of policies around what kind of um, trees they plant and all that sort of thing. You go to Melbourne, there is so many different councils. The differences are stark between certain councils and others, just in terms agree. of how they dress up the streets, um, what they look and feel like. It's pre- 
particularly pronounced um, in and around the winter, I find, because it gets dark quite early. Some have got lights, some don't. Uh, I've noticed like you see some nice fairy lights on on trees in certain suburbs that just don't (laughs) exist in others. I would actually agree with that. Yeah, I would totally agree. Some have, you know, planter boxes. Stonning, Stonington Council have plan, planter boxes all throughout their streets. I'm Stonington. That I'm just not sounds, sure who, that's, I don't even know where that is, but that just sounds bougie. Stonington. Uh, it's, it's like St Kilda and whatnot. But I, mm. I'm not sure who yeah said let's spend money on that. But hey, I'm not a. I don't allocate the funds. Council. It's, a ni- it's a nice quirk. I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you have a good weekend down there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very, very much. End of financial year, Cuz. Ah, it is too. I will be, it's a small sigh of, um, you know, not relief, but it's just a, a sigh of ah, like. Ah. By the way, I had, had a lot of people saying they enjoyed Tax Tom. Um, yes, So well, well done to Tom and thank you. I, I mean, a lot of people also asking if I was still on the podcast, but um, <laughs> Tim, no, and wait, Tim you know who you are, Tim, Mike and others, <laughs> you, you, uh, yeah, you made your point. Uh, no, they, I'm back, like, I'm oh, here. Geez. But gets a kid and, and goes MIA. Just, <laughs> can you just end on what some clients asked you last week when uh, when you walked into <laughs> a client event down here in Melbourne? Can you please just tell the people? <laughs> yeah, well, I've walked up to Brian and uh, I feel like I've one first and foremost, I think we'd met before. But he said to me, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say hello because I've seen you on the webinars and, and listened to you on the podcast. He said, and, and it's just good to see. You. I have to admit, I thought you you were bigger. <laughs> I thought, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I and thought then, you were bigger. And, and then uh, I, I finished at another table, and um, there's a there's a, a particular clique of people. We call them the the, the Israelis. I, I don't think yeah. they care, but they they no, they're all Israelis. Yeah, they're, they're all the Israeli. Israelis. They, they, they're they, unreal. They, we yeah. love them. Anyway, and, and they've asked me, producer Jordan, uh, are you the James that's on Alex's podcast? <laughs> Uh, that just, you came all the way to Melbourne to just get lightly roasted by all of our <laughs> clients at the client dinner. <laughs> You're on, Alex. Yeah, anyway. But, you know, it's nice to meet I tell you, you I'll tell you, if I came to Brisbane, the clients would be asking me if I was the Alex on James's podcast. So, hey, look, it is, there is nothing better than being able to put a face on a podcast listener. So, don't mm. worry, we always love to hear from anyone who's got any uh, feedback <laughs> for us. Good, bad, Never indifferent. Never hold back. Never hold back, listeners, even if you did think James was yeah. a little bit bigger in person. And if, <laughs> yeah, sorry to disappoint Brian and others, but um, <laughs> look, if you're enjoying Alex's podcast, let us know. If you've got questions for Alex for her Q&A uh, second part of the podcast, please let us know. Our email's always in the show notes. Have a great week and weekend and uh, see you soon. Don't forget to do your tax for tax time. End of the financial year. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is thedoubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is thedoubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.